0: You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Dangerous Assignment.
1: When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to show that sometimes the only way you can win is to let the whole deal go up in smoke. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, do you know anything about hialai? Handball game, Latin style, isn't it? Fast and furious and pretty rugged. Especially if you get conked with a ball, it'll kill you.
0: Well, here's hoping you don't get conked, because you're going to
1: attend the hialai games at one of the arenas in Havana tonight. And you're going to bet on the team of Danielle and Scobo. Are they good? Haven't the faintest idea. We're only interested in the man who is going to take your bet. Look, what's this all about, Commissioner? Well, some time now, we've been trying to crack down on a smuggling ring operating out of Havana, running a regular shuttle between Florida and Cuba. What are they running? You name it. Everything in the book, including illegal entry now and then. We finally got a lead on the organization, Steve, from someone working on the inside. That the boy I'm to contact? The one who's going to take my bet? Right. He'll be at the Fronton Palace, window three. You place your bet, and when you open your wallet, let him have a glance at your credentials. He'll take it from there. Get whatever information you can from him. Track down that organization and smash it. Well, that's it, Steve. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
0: National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. A sufficient supply of blood and blood plasma to save the lives of our wounded soldiers in Korea continues to be of the utmost importance. Now, the reserve is still at a critically low ebb. And to give our wounded G.I.s the blood they must have to save their lives and speed recovery, a minimum of 300,000 pints a month is absolutely essential. Whole blood and blood plasma are the one treatment for which medical skill cannot provide a substitute. There is no sensation at all to the donor, except the good feeling of knowing some wounded soldier will be thankful all his life for what the blood donor is giving. So remember, make an appointment at once. With your nearest Red Cross blood center.
1: Sure, I've got my assignment. Get down to Havana. Bet a couple of bucks on a team of highlight players and hope it pays off with the information we need to nail a ring of smugglers operating between Cuba and the United States. It's late afternoon when my plane sets down in Havana. I check in at my hotel and that night I wander over to the Fronten Palace, a large indoor arena used for highlight games. Their teams on the floor are going at it hot and heavy, and the crowd is building steam. I watch them for a while, and then I ease over to the window number three to place my bed. ¿Sí, I'll put a five spot on Ely and Scobo. Sí. Got quite a crowd here tonight. Tonight and every night, Senor. ILI is a very popular spot in Havana. Here you are. Thanks. Here's your five. Gracias, Senor. There is an alley in back of the building. I will be waiting in my car. Half an hour, Senor Micho. I'll be there. I get back to my seat and watch the players until a half hour is up. Then I ease around to the alley in the back, about the ticket seller sitting in a parked car close by. He doesn't answer when I come up. I reach in and he topples over on the steering wheel. fronton for the past two years, and Francisco Rolas, no police record. That's all we have on the dead man, huh, Lieutenant? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, you say he was involved with the smuggling ring, Senor Mitchell? So we were led to believe he was going to fill us in on it. Only somebody with a knife got to him first. Someone obviously from the organization. They must have known he was going to talk. Yeah. Where was Rodas staying? According to his identification card, uh, 36 Paseo de Baracoa. Let's go over and shake it down. The police sending and I hustle over to the dead man's apartment Spend a good part of the night giving it a going over Nothing See, next morning he isn't alone when I walk into his office This is Jose Diego, a dock worker Yes, hey, senor Hi There was a story in the morning's paper of the murder back at the fronton last night, senor Mitchell Jose read about it and came straight to police headquarters Oh, uh, say, uh, tell Senor Mitchell what you have just told me. Uh, si, si. Uh, last night, Senor, I was at the fronton to the games, you know. A little after 10 o'clock, I left the arena. Uh, I had promised my wife I would be home early. Go on. As I walked past the alley entrance in back of the building, uh, a man come running out. Uh, we collided. Uh, he continued to run, but as he passed under the street light, I see his face. You recognize him? Si, si. It was Senor Carmody? Carmody. An American. He has lived in Havana a good many years. He, uh, myself, I have never met him, but I have seen him many times, senor. Uh, he's well-known here. A, uh, shall we say, a sportsman, senor Mitchell. He has a fondness for high-speed automobiles and motorboats. Oh? Also, he owns an airplane and a yacht. Does he? Well, that sounds very interesting, lieutenant. Yeah, very interesting. I suggest we pay a call on senor Carmody. I second the motion. Oh, by the way, you mentioned you had placed a bet at the fronton on Danielle Daniel and Scobo? That's right. Don't tell me they lost. Hmm. (laughs) Carmody's place is a low, rambling ranch house at the edge of town. He greets us at the door wearing a black silk dressing gown and a white muffler. He's carrying a tall glass of tomato juice and an obvious hangover. We follow him inside. Well, I'd like to have you meet an old friend, Ralph Pawson. Morning, gentlemen. Mr. Mitchell, Lieutenant Moreno. Lieutenant? Police department. Oh. Don't ask me what this is all about, Ralph. I wouldn't know. Uh, sit down, James. Thank you. And let's get on with it. My mood is not getting any better. I'd just like to ask you a few questions, Carmody. Sure. Where were you last night? Last night? <laughs> Brother. A lot of places, Mitchell. So they tell me. Go anywhere near the front and palace, say around 10 o'clock? The front door? No. No, I don't think so. Look, what's this all about? Murder. Murder? Murder. A man named Francisco Rodas was murdered in the alley behind the building a few minutes after 10 o'clock. Hey, there was something about that in the morning paper. Say, what's this got to do with me? Someone saw you running out of that alley shortly after the crime was committed. What? Now, see here, Mitchell. Are you accusing him? I just want to know what Carmody was doing there. He was with me. We had dinner at the yacht club. Yeah, that's right. Fill in the time. Well, we met at the club around 7. You can check with the waiters. They'll tell you. What time did you leave? Oh, around 10.30. Can I check that with the waiters, too? Well, caution? course. Look, I... Wait a minute, Ralph. No need to stick your neck out on mm-hmm. my account. What he says is true, Mitchell. We had dinner together at the club, but I left early. How early? A little before 9.30. Ralph had a phone call to make. I remember that much. Not too much more, I'm afraid. Have a rough night? Yeah. While I was waiting for Ralph, I spotted some friends at the bar. I went over, had another couple of drinks, and the next thing I knew, I was outside. Go on. Well, there's not much more to tell. I remember walking down the street, the Avenida Ruiz. It's all sort of vague after that. I finally got home around here about midnight. this dead man, what was his name? Uh, Rodas, Francisco Rodas. Never heard of him. what did he do? He was employed at the front lawn, senor.
0: Still doesn't register, lieutenant.
1: Perhaps it will, senor, after you have taken a ride with us to police headquarters. Come along. take Carmody down to the brig. The witness, Jose Diego, positively identifies Carmody as the man he saw running away from the scene of the crime, and the local law books Carmody on suspicion of murder. A few minutes later, friend Pawson shows up with a lawyer in tow. The lawyer goes in to see Carmody, and Pawson tags after me as I walk out of police headquarters. I spend the next couple of hours with him as he fills me in on Carmody and the rest of the afternoon, checking on names and addresses he's given me. It all adds up to a big nothing. Late in the day, I wind up on the Avenida Ruiz near the yacht club. I've got a copy of the morning newspaper with me, Carmody's picture on the front page. I show it around peddlers, shopkeepers, bartenders. No one remembers seeing Carmody last night until I run into a cab driver several blocks down the street. This one, senor. Oh, si, si, I remember him. Oh, boy. American, he give me. You sure this is the man? Yes, yes. could I forget $10? Where did you pick him up? Right here in this corner. What time? Oh, it was early, I think. How early? Just early. 9.30 or so? Yes, yes, it's possible 9.30. Where did you take him? To the Fronton Palace? Fronton? No, senor, no. I drive him to Sebastian's Casino. It's on the other side of town. Oh. Lieutenant Morano speaking. Steve Mitchell, Lieutenant. I'm calling from Sebastian's Casino. See. Si. Looks like maybe comedy isn't our boy after all. What? Half a dozen employees of the casino remember seeing him here last night, including a couple of house cops who bounced him out of the joint for creating a disturbance. What time was he there, senor? He arrived a few minutes before ten. Was given the bum's rush a half hour later. Which means he could not have been in the alley back of the fronton at the time of the murder. Right. Looks like we'll have to start all over, Lieutenant. You can start chewing your fingernails. I'll be over to join you. I hurry out of the casino, start down the narrow street, but I don't get very far. A car suddenly pulls away from the curb across the way. I dust, but not
0: fast enough. want your child to have the best elementary schooling you can give him. Won't you get a pencil and paper to take down the address I'm going to give you at the end of this message? Unless we start preparing now, in a few years, our public schools will be as behind the times as the Little Red Schoolhouse. Because of the huge increase in our birth rate during and after the last war, it's estimated that by 1956, there will be some 7 million more children in elementary schools than there are now. We must start preparing at once. More equipment will be needed textbooks, playgrounds, and above all, more elementary school teachers. Now, to help assure your child a proper education, join and work with local groups and school boards. And for free information about how people in other communities are improving their schools, write to this address, National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street. That's National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York 19, New York. Back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
1: A cab driver brought you in. What happened? I got shot at as I was leaving the casino. After you telephoned to me that Carmody was not the clear? Yeah, he must be. All of those witnesses there couldn't have lied. They all swore Carmody was there at the time of the murder. I think we ought to have another talk with our obliging little witness, Jose Diego. Lieutenant Moreno, I swear to you, I am telling the truth. Look, how could you have seen Carmody in the alley behind the front on Palace when half a dozen people swear he was in the casino at the time? Well, how do I know how such a thing could be? All I know is it was... Lieutenant Moreno speaking. What? The... Very well, same uh, That will be all for the present, Diego. You will wait in the next room. See. Si. Now, an American woman, a Senora Henderson, insists on seeing me. She says it has to do with the matter we are investigating. Oh? Come in.
0: Lieutenant Moreno?
1: Yes. Uh, may I present Senor Mitchell? How do you do? Mrs. Henderson? What can I do for you, Senora?
0: I'll be brief. My name is Barbara Henderson. I- I'm from Miami. I arrived here in Havana two weeks ago looking for my husband. Oh? You see, he left me during the war. His name was Jim Henderson. We were married in Baltimore in January of 1944.
1: I see. And you have reason to believe your husband is not here in Havana?
0: Yesterday, I found out without a doubt that he's here.
1: Look, Mrs. Henderson, this is all very interesting, but I don't quite see what it has to do with the case we're investigating right now.
0: Just this. See this picture in the newspaper? The man you're holding here is a suspect?
1: Sure. His name is Carmody.
0: No, you're wrong, Mr. Mitchell. That's my husband, Jim Henderson.
1: other, all of a sudden the whole case is busted wide open again. We have Carmody brought in from his cell. Mrs. Henderson promptly drapes herself on him. Jim, Jim. Hey, what is this? Oh, Jim,
0: please. Why did you leave me?
1: Look, what gives here? Who is she, Mitchell? Mrs. Henderson. And she says you're Mr. Henderson.
0: What? Jim, don't do this to me.
1: Look, I've never seen this dame before in my life.
0: Why, you... He's lying, Lieutenant. He is Jim Henderson. We were married in Baltimore in January 1944, and he deserted me.
1: Guess again. I was in the Army in Europe in January 1944. I could have married this babe in Baltimore. You were in the Army, huh? I sure was. You can check that, Mitchell. Don't worry, Carmody. I will. Mrs. Henderson gives us the name of her hotel and leaves. We send Carmody back to his cell, and I get off a cable to Washington about him. Then... We send for Pawson, who promptly swears he was with comedy in Europe during 1944. The three of us wait in Lieutenant Marino's office for a reply from Washington. Every time Pawson finishes a cigarette, he methodically rips open the paper, scatters the tobacco flakes in the ashtray, and crumples the paper into a tiny ball. Finally, Marino can't stand it anymore. Why do you do that? Nerves? That's uh, army, isn't it, Pawson? Yeah, yeah. If you ever had a police at a camp yard, you'd know why, Marino. The tobacco flakes mingle with the dust, and the crumpled up paper is a lot less noticeable than a cigarette butt on the ground. Very sensible. Yeah, comedy taught me that when we were in together. Hey, look, when are you guys going to lay off him? I told you we were in Europe together. How could he have married that woman? How could he have anything to do with any of this? Come in. Ah, the answer to your cable, Mitchell. Yeah. Well? Carmody was in Europe in January of 1944. And yeah, now are you satisfied? Yeah. Look, it's pretty obvious to me that this guy Henderson is the one you really want. Looks that way. Come on, Lieutenant. Let's check with Mrs. Henderson again. See if she can give us any further information on her husband. We check at Mrs. Henderson's hotel, but she's not in. The clerk expects her back momentarily, so we decide to wait in her room. A very mystifying case, Mitchell. Yeah. Either there is a guy named Henderson, and he's our man, or... Or what? I don't know. Something bothering me about this whole setup. What is it? Can't put my finger on it. I know what you mean. I wish Mrs. Henderson would show up. It has only been a few minutes. A cigarette? Thanks. You know, this whole deal has been one big merry-go-round. Cost us a lot of time, Reno. You're right, but what else can we do? That's a good question. I. Hey, wait a minute. What is it? This ashtray. Gee, what about it? Take a look. Just a couple of cigarette butts with lipstick and. So... Mitchell. Yeah. Flakes of tobacco and tiny balls of cigarette paper. Awesome. Rather, I said this deal had cost us a lot of time. That's just the way it was planned. Come on. <laughs> He's not there. We do a fast checkup on him and uncover a couple of very interesting facts, one of which sends us high-tailing down to the waterfront. This is the place, Mitchell. Yeah. Pawson's lawyer said he owned that little cluster of fishing boats out there at the pier. Five will get you ten that he's on one of them right now, getting ready to shove off. You take one side, I will take the other. We split up. I work my way along the row of boats. They're all dark except for small deck lights, then... Suddenly, I spot somebody climbing aboard one of them. It's Mrs. Henderson. I slip aboard and grab her. Mitchell! But just then something hard connects with the back of my head. I go to my knees. Sorry, Mitchell. I've been standing out here on deck in the dark for several minutes waiting for Barbara. You know, Pawson, you're giving this head of mine a pretty rough go. First, you crease it with a slug, then you massage it with a gun, but... Like I say, I'm sorry. All right, lean against the rail. You'll be okay. Uh, Thanks. I guess I will... You've been leading Marino and me a merry chase in the deal. First, you hire Jose Diego to swear that he saw Carmody near the scene of Rhoda's murder. We find out that he couldn't have been. Then, you hire your pal, Barbara, here to pose as Mrs. Henderson with a phony story about her husband. Sounds to me like you've been working for time. Right. 48 hours of it, to be exact. It's taken me that long to convert my Havana holdings to cash. Sure, I could have taken a potter right after I killed Rhodas, but I had to leave broke. This way, I'm carrying about a hundred grand with me. Heading the smuggling ring must have been profitable. Oh, yes. You see, Mitchell, if I hadn't given you a bump steer right off the bat, you'd have probably concentrated more on the victim's background. You'd have discovered he used to work for me in the fishing fleet here. That probably would have gotten you interested in me right off the bat. I had to stall that off until I got my money. Yeah, you did a pretty neat job of it, too. If it hadn't been for those crumpled cigarette papers in Barbara's room, I might never have tumbled. Oh, so that was it, huh? Well, oh, very careless of me.
0: What are you waiting for, Parson? Kill
1: him. Not here. It's too noisy. You're coming out with us on the boat, Mitchell. Oh, bully for me. Okay. Let's get started. Hardly. I doubt if you came down here alone, Mitchell, your friend Marino must be around. If we start the boat now, he'll flash a warning to the harbor patrol. So we'll just stand here in the dark, nice and quiet, until he comes along. And we'll take care of him first. Really, senor? What? Watch out, Marino! I've got him! Oh! Sorry, Barbara, old
0: girl, but you're
1: not leaving. Let go! Oh, relax. You okay, Lieutenant? Yes, his shot was quite wild. And before I could return it, you had taken care of him quite effectively. Well, I sort of felt I owed him then.
0: How'd Marina know you were on this boat, Mitchell?
1: His signal told me. The signal? Sure. Pawson gave the idea when he told me to lean on the rail. See that little black deck light beside it? I was passing my hand back and forth in front of it while I was talking to Pawson. My body screamed it from you. I figured the flashing light would bring Marino. Which you did, in the nick of time. Yeah, I guess you might say you finally saw the light, huh?
0: Don Levy will return in just a moment what did you do for your country today stand guard at some lonely outpost Stand watch on the cold windswept bridge of a patrolling u.s. Navy destroyer No, but you can still do your part to guard peace the peace that is for the strong Make today your D-Day buy an extra bond for defense and then keep buying them regularly There's no safer surer investment than with United States defense bonds And you build security not only for yourself, but your country, too, when you buy defense bonds. They serve to combine America's economic strength with its military strength. And it's this combined strength that protects your town, your home, your right to work and prosper in peace. And remember, if you don't save regularly, you generally don't save at all. So join the payroll savings plan where you work, or sign up for the bond a month plan where you bank. Make today your D-Day. Buy defense bonds. Always remember, defense is your job, too.
1: Next week, Turkey. I nominate myself for a slab in the morgue. And
0: that will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Included in tonight's cast were Harry Bartell, Tony Barrett, Nestor Parva, Herb Ellis, and Kay Stewart. This is John Storm speaking.
1: Hear both the Judy Canova Show and Truth or Consequences on NBC.